if it's one thing that I've learned from doing podcasting as long as I have, is if a brother or a sister podcaster is in need and going through a hard time, you do what you can to help them out. Chris Rotker from Boots to the Face podcast and his family has gone through a very difficult time as of late. Their son, Trey, was rushed to the emergency room and has since been in the hospital with what they are calling a rare genetic blood mutation that has caused a stroke in his spinal column. They also, upon further analysis, found a brain aneurysm as well, which they're trying to remove or minimize or what have you. So, with accordance with Josiah from What For Apparel, I am pleased to announce if you head over to whatforapparel.com forward slash Team Trey right now and buy a t shirt for $21 right there at that site, part of that sale, part of those proceeds will go directly to the Rucker family. You stay strong, Trey, and we hope to see you 100% very, very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to the Ringside Rant. Today is a first for the Ringside Rant. We have royalty on the show today. Your queen, my queen, the queen of the NE from Brain Buster Radio and DYWTSB is on the show today. So, monkeys... Hit my music. and gentlemen and ranters everywhere welcome back i have the honor of sitting down with somebody today well a second time anyways a uh, little uh, snafu under the weather uh you know some sort of files got pushed somewhere anyways i have the queen of the ne everybody's favorite queen on the show today queen how you doing today Thank you for that lovely introduction. How are you? Fantastic. And like I said previously, I appreciate you doing this again. You know, if if there's one person out there that I don't mind doing another episode with or talking to again, it is the queen. That is for sure. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> My pleasure. We had a lovely combo, so we'll have another one today. <laughs> there you go, you know. And, I, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, – you guys are having over at Brain Buster Radio, you guys are having your, uh, I, I like calling them uh, town hall meetings because 
you get everybody on the network to come out, or at least the majority of everybody, uh, over there on your Twitch channel, and uh, you know before before and after a lot of the pay per views. Uh, definitely looking forward to that today, because uh, that's are you guys going on at uh, you said like four or five, right? Yeah, I think we're gonna head up about three, and we're gonna kind of uh-huh. you know go over the week in Brain Buster Radio and kind of pump up. Um, Extreme Rolls, I guess. That's that's the next pay-per-view, other than, of course, GCW, which is happening today as well. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, that's um, that's one of the things. I got to be in a certain mood to watch GCW. I, it's, you know, <laughs> maybe it's one of those things you got to have a couple of pops in you or something, maybe. But it's, sure. uh, it's I heard, um, I believe it was Anthony over from Smart to Death had uh, one of the guys over there on the show last week, and... You know, they're always, you know, those quote-unquote backyard wrestling guys are always good for, are always good for a good conversation. That's for sure. Absolutely, I so agree. <laughs> but yeah, a lot, a lot of good things are happening over there at Brainbuster Radio, and uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's nice to see a lot of, um, a lot of the networks are coming out. Brainbuster being one of them. Um, with a lot, a lot of good content, and it's all different too, because you see a lot of networks sometimes, sometimes do a lot of the same, along the lines of the same shows, whether it be recaps or certain niches that you have. But um, it definitely, definitely on my short list of podcasts to listen to. But um, what really got you into, you know, podcasting? What got you into to, to watching wrestling? Oh, gosh. Well, what got me watching wrestling was my great-grandfather. He was the one that introduced me to it. He called it wrestling. And uh, he was around for a long time. He was uh, 94 when he died. I was 21. So he was in my life for a long, long time. And he was the one that kind of showed me The Undertaker for the first time. And, (laughs) you know, Paul Bearer and this urn thing. And I didn't know what was happening. And I was very little. And uh, I knew my mom was going to be really mad (laughs) because it clearly was something to do with death and like, you know, it was scary for a younger kid. So she promptly kind of put a kibosh on that whole thing, but he still snuck it anyway. (laughs) And then I uh, started watching on my own in my teenage years and I took a break a little bit in college. I was very busy. So I, you know, we didn't have cable in our dorm room, so it wasn't like I could turn it on and yeah. watch it. So, um, you know, there was that as well. But uh, you know, kept being a fan, and my brother was very into it, so we bonded over that. We go to a ton of wrestling shows together. So that's kind of my wrestling little short story. Mm-hmm. But podcasting is kind of weird. It's not really something that I thought would ever happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't know that I would be. And if you had told me this last year that I'd be podcasting and talking to folks like you and, you know, guesting on a bunch of shows, hosting a bunch of people on mine, I would have, like, laughed. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't think it was in the, the realm of my possibilities. But I really loved, you know, interacting on Twitter and interacting, you know, listening to some podcasts. I, you know, I listened to JR and I listened to Jericho and Stone Cold. And so that sort of got me into the wrestling podcasts and from there I kind of was looking for you know fan perspectives and that's when I found smart to death and after listening to them I was like oh they have a twitter they have a website let me like go interact with them and I sort of dove into 
to that, and I found a whole bunch of other podcasts I started to listen to. And Anthony set up this awesome Discord Mm -hmm. in which I got to meet so many really cool people. And that's sort of how it all started. Once Mm -hmm. I kind of got a little bit of a taste of wrestling Twitter and interacting with all these great people that I met, like Mags and JPQ were some of the first people I talked to, I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll just kind of dive into wrestling Twitter and see what happens. So I made myself queen of any and kind of started from there. I was live tweeting and just kind of seeing what it was all about. And from there, it was Rumble Weekend and Pops from DYWTSB found some of my live tweets from TakeOver. And he messaged me and he was like, you know, your tweets are really funny. Like, I've never seen like a girl talk like that (laughs) really so you know with these loud opinions and you know reacting to every single thing that you're watching this is so cool like are you on a podcast what's the deal and I'm like nah (laughs) I'm not on a podcast I'm just on wrestling twitter I'm just you know I love to watch wrestling and to interact and all that stuff and he was like well we're looking for a female perspective a female voice you know would you be interested in coming on for previews and predictions shows for our show and I said, yeah, all right, like, I'll give it a shot. Sure, why not? And uh, I'm interested. And so I went on, and we had a blast together. And shortly thereafter, they asked me to come on full-time for every single show, not just previews and predictions. And at the same time, I met Wilf and a whole bunch of other folks, and Wilf decided he was going to put together this collective, this network called Brain Buster Radio. And he's like, yo, I think you have a voice. I think you have a lot to say. Do you want your own show? And I was like, are you sure? Like me? You're sure? <laughs> like I've barely been podcasting. Like I don't understand. Like this is so wild to me. Like it blew me away. He was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm telling you, this is great. Like, you know, no pressure or anything, but do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I took 10 minutes. And within that 10 minutes, I had written out a whole structure for Queen's Court. And that's basically how it started. (laughs) And here we are now in July. And that was back in, oh, God, February, March. So Mm -hmm. wildness. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to, you know, when you have, you know, when you have the time, I'm sure you can relate, you know, between going six different ways for between rest, watching wrestling and doing podcasts and all that stuff. And, you know, family life, real life actually boggles you down a little bit. It's nice to go back mm-hmm. and just sit there and remember, okay, a year ago or six months ago and see where you are and see how you've progressed. Um, you know, the people that you've talked to, the topics that you've covered, um, you know, and see, you know, see how you've improved too. Um, and that's the way, oh, absolutely. you know, and that's the way the technology is now. It's so uh, comforting where you can go back and, when, when you when you save files the right way, um, you can go back and you know listen to old old interviews and what have you and see okay this is how we this is how, what I should do this is what I shouldn't do or what have you but uh, but yeah that's the Queen's Court definitely is a Wednesday tradition whether wherever I am <laughs> I gotta th- th- throw throw that on the old <laughs> iTunes. Uh, you know, and uh, it's definitely to, it's nice, like I said, to get a different perspective from each and every person on Brain Buster Radio. You know, you get, you know, JPQ or Wilf, they'll do a lot of the stardom or anything from overseas. 
to New Japan to anything that you can think of as far as wrestling, GW or GCW, whatever the case may be. If you don't, um, if you're upset with the wrestling product now, there's something seriously wrong with you because there's just so much out there. Uh, you know, and like before we got on, I'm like, I got, I'm like, I'm trying to catch up on sleep because between I had the independent show that I work, uh, independent promotion that I work for, we had a show last night. So between that, I came home and, uh, taking, you know, taking care of my son and all that stuff and making sure he's all right. Okay. Let me go and watch, you know, the last two, three matches from, um, uh, for the flight of the fallen or whatever the case, whatever, whatever the name of that pay-per-view was last night. Um, and <laughs> too, too close to all the rest of them, but, uh, you know, and trying to choose on what to watch because there's so many different pay-per-views last night. It's like, Oh my God, do I want to watch, uh, evolve or do I want to watch AEW? I'm like, I'll watch AEW. That's fine. Uh, you know, and it's, you get so bogged down. It's like, okay, how much time do I actually have? And you're falling, you know, you're doing the old head bob thing. You got to stay up. And, uh, I tried my darndest to stay up and to watch, uh, new Japan this morning at two o'clock here on the East coast. Um, didn't really happen, so I'm probably going to go back and watch it later on. But uh, for, you know, a lot of the fans of mine anyways and of yours that, you know, aren't tend to be familiar with, you know, New Japan, obviously we know you're a big New Japan fan. Uh, what yes. – <laughs> and, and that's that's an understatement, but um, what, you know, what have you – what are your thoughts of the G1 Climax thus far? Oh, my God. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> New Japan is such an experience. If y'all haven't seen it, I just just watch one thing of it. You know, just watch one event and see if you might like it. It's such amazing technical wrestling with beautiful storytelling. You know, it's so it's so different than probably most things that people have watched. I feel that way because mm-hmm. when I first started a couple years ago, I, my world was rocked. Watching mm-hmm. a Kenny Omega match, I was like, excuse me, who is this? What mm-hmm. is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But this G1 Climax, I feel like, is super stacked this year. Very special. One of the best in a while, I would say. Uh, last year's was freaking insane, too. But this year, I feel like it's got a different feel to it. Mm-hmm. Block A, night one in Dallas. Wild. Mm-hmm. The fact that we got to see Tanahashi versus Okada on U.S. soil, are you kidding? Wrestling royalty mm-hmm. right here. The the man that dragged New Japan out of the Dark Ages to the man that is the future and current champion mm-hmm. of New yeah. Japan. It's such a special moment to see. And these matches were great. Black A really blew me away. I so enjoyed every single block match. Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer I think was probably my favorite now that I've had some time to sit on it, you know, mm-hmm. I really loved that one. But when I say that, when I say it's my favorite, it's like splitting hairs because Kota Ibushi versus Kento is out of control. Yeah. Out of control. Yeah. It was so crazy. What a strike fest. So Black A really, I really liked it. Now, what was weird was that we had a week to kind of digest Black A before Black B started. That's not normal, of course, because yeah. they started it for the first time in the United States. So then we had Black B. Wow. 
Very interesting. Different feel, but cool matches. You had a big Haas fight between Ishii and Jeff Cobb. That was really wild and super fun. Different than I think most people uh, would have expected uh, in terms of, like, it's slower. It's more hard-hitting. It's a lot of tests of strength. So it's not quite the same type of wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. as, as you'd get with, with others. And then, of course, the debut of John Moxley in the G1, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then... Big surprise, but to some of us who watched New Japan, probably not. Yano rolled up Naito. That was cool. <laughs> Super fun. Black Beat to me was a little bit, I don't want to say disappointing. There were some great matches. I really enjoyed it. But I feel like Black A is so overstacked that I, I just have to go with Black A as my favorite so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, you know, and I even gotten my son, my son's seven. I've actually gotten him. He was up. I got up early to watch Block B, I believe, yesterday. And, you know, he got up a little bit later. And he got up right in time for the Yano match. And I tried in my darn, darn, my damn this not to, you know, show him, you know, the Yano that I'm like, oh, he's going to fall in love with Yano just like everybody else. And sure as hell he did. Yeah. It's like, Daddy, because you know, we were watching this morning too. And he's like, Daddy, Daddy there's a guy again. I'm like, yep, yep, that that that's yet that's Yano, bud. Oh, okay. And then he just went about, and then and then he just went about his business, you know, because he's seen, um, he's actually saw the uh, uh, one of the the great matches between Okada and Omega, and mm-hmm. the only thing he took out of that was Okada's gear. That's the only thing he took out of that. Uh, and that was when he was all the flat, you know, the bright colors. So I'm like, well, you're seven, you know, I, I guess that's kind of something that you can grab from it. So, but, uh, but yeah, that Ishii match and, uh, Jeff Cobb, that it was such a phenomenal match. And yeah, that was another guy that my son was like, and was Ishii. And he's like, and the, and the only reason why he wanted like that, because I told him he was a stone pit bull and he likes dogs. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you know at that age you know when you we grow up and you watch like i say you go back like myself and i'm sure with you you go back and you watch you know the likes of the attitude era or the likes of the golden era a la you know hogan or savage or whatever you get those little things whether they be the warrior's face paint or savage's gear or whatever but uh though Growing up during the Attitude Era, like you, like you have, and like I have, you know, who were your, you know, guys? You mentioned the Undertaker. Who, any of your other guys there that you, you know, you kind of just gravitated more towards? Yeah, absolutely. So, the guy that made me fall in love with wrestling was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I really, really admired his character and his attitude. You know, I, I had a strict upbringing. And for me to see somebody on the screen that was totally, you know, I don't give a F about anything. I'm going to do me. Whatever I want to do at that exact moment is what I'm going to do. And I really resonated with that. And I'm just watching him wrestle and the persona and the, you know, I hear his music still to this day, all these years later. And I'm still like, oh, stone cold. And I just get that feeling, you know, he was he was my that that guy for me. I also really loved Matt and Jeff Hardy and Edge and Christian and the Dudley boys. I love tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. So for that, for that time period and growing up, those are my tag teams mm-hmm. that I really were like, hello, 
I love this. One of my favorite matches is their match at WrestleMania 17 mm-hmm. when they, you know, did that insane ladder table. I'm um, not ladder tables, ladders and chairs <laughs> match. Yeah, there were ladders, but there were tables and chairs too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just the wildness and the craziness of what ensued between them. Uh, loved that. I also really liked The Rock. He's just, it's hard not to like The Rock sometimes. He's just so freaking funny. Yeah. That's what I like. Um, you know, early rock, not so much. Later rock, yes. So, yeah, those those were kind of my people. And for the women, Lita was my girl all day, every day. I loved her the most. Yeah, that's, you know, you grow up, like I said, during that Attitude era. You know, uh-huh. I got I took a break for a couple years there between, I want to say, about from uh, about 94, 95 until... Um, about 2000, got back into it right in the heart of the Attitude Era, give or take a few years. And, uh, yeah, you grow up, you watch, you see Austin, you see, you know, Rock. Even, I was more like along the lines of with you, is more of the tag teams. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then obviously the match we saw last night as we were recording, we saw the Young Bucks and the Rhodes Brothers go at it. And... I believe it was Anthony from Smart to Death in a Discord service that was saying that this was the personification of strong style wrestling. With between that match and between um, the Omega and uh, Shima match, and that you start to see that crossover with that type of styles. We see a lot of the guys go overseas, like an Omega or the. Uh, Oh, the young bucks. Do you do you think that that Japanese strong style is coming to the states? And you know, do you think that's a good a good thing? Um, yes and yes. I think we're <laughs> gonna get it. <laughs> um, I think we've seen a little bit of it in AEW, a little taste, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's so ingrained into who they are that it's kind of hard not to see that play out. I think that's gonna happen. Uh, the fact that Kenny. You know, they've revealed in interviews and, um, you know, being the elite and stuff that Kenny's kind of pushing the Joshi wrestlers from Japan. So all those wonderful ladies that are going to be appearing and those that have appeared. um, So that's going to be a strong representation. It's a different type because it's ladies, but it's still strong style. It's very hard hitting and fun Mm -hmm. and kind of bouncy and character driven. It's very different. So I think we're definitely we're going to see that. Um, And I think it's a great thing. You know, different perspective of wrestling and different techniques and different styles is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. It broadens your your horizons in wrestling. It's not just, you know, formulaic X does to Y, then Y does to X. You know, it's very – we have that, but it's just with different movesets and different – like a a different fan experience to watch. And that I think is only a good thing. It's only a good thing. And globalization, I think, is great. You know, if you watch, you know, Lucha Underground, that's a totally different experience. If you watch, you know, wrestling that happens in the UK, you know, different. And all of these styles coming, I think, is is a really great idea. Yeah. And do you, you know, obviously, who are your guys? You know, you mentioned Omega. And I'm, I know the answer to this, but my listeners don't. Who are your guys or gals <laughs> in, you know, certain promotions we'll say for your guys in new japan right now who are your oh. guys that you're if they're on the screen or they're wrestling you got those blinders on and you're watching them oh my god well in new japan okada abushi 
Jay White, Ishii. Can is it weird to say all of them? No, it's not weird <laughs> to say all of them. They're all great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really, I really like too the young lions that are coming up. I think it's really cool. Shoto Amino is very interesting mm-hmm. to watch. You know, and he's he's one of the ones that you know is very new to the to the uh, scene, and he's rolling with Moxley right now in this G one, but. How fascinating to watch someone new. Mm-hmm. That's what is so interesting about their Young Lion program. I really like them. And then, of course, I can't not mention G.O.D., my, one of oh, my yeah. favorite tag teams. I just can't with them. Their song is my ringtone. I just love them so much. So, yeah, those are my dudes in New Japan. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, for, you know, a lot some of the listeners that aren't as familiar with, you know, New Japan or this or, or even the majority of the wrestlers i think jay white how are you mm-hmm. digging his new look are you digging his new look compared to what he used to look like yes he looks meaner and i love yeah. it yeah. jay white is always a cocky little son of a bitch but <laughs> even now i feel like it's it's more aggressive that facial hair gives him a totally different feel mm-hmm. i don't know why Exactly. I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly why it makes me feel that way, but every time I see him, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. We're here for business. Yeah. It's great. I, I'm ready to see that. He looks grittier. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. He looks grittier, um, just kind of ready to to fight, and that's the style of Switchblade I really like. I liked him before. I like him even more now. Yeah, he's one of those guys for me, too, where, you know, if he's on, you're watching him. You cannot, mm-hmm. you know a lot of the other current products you can kind of okay i gotta go to the you know the men's room or the ladies room or i gotta go to the kitchen or whatever when you're watching jay like so jay white will osprey okada omega you the list is so long and the majority of them are from you know AEW or new japan if you're watching those guys you don't want to go anywhere because you're going to miss something uh, yep and i forgot <clears throat> excuse me uh Jay White's match yesterday was again. I can't remember who he was against yesterday. For uh, Goto. Okay, okay. When he was laying down there, and he, the commentary was absolutely phenomenal between um, uh, with, with Kevin Kelly and uh, I can't I can't remember his name. Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero. There I you got go. you. My, I got you. I, I knew you had me. I just everything goes over my head. I, I gotta make these notes, you know. Uh, yeah, I understand. They're selling him so much. He's laughing when they're he's kicking him. He's kicking him, and all he's doing is laughing. And I'm like, that is a typical one of the better heels in that company, where you just despise him. He's so cocky, but he's so good. <laughs> I know. You know what it is for me too. He's like living and breathing the healness. Mm-hmm. It's it feels so genuine that he's just like, yeah. Like when whenever he pulls out a chair and he sets it up for Gato to sit down, he's like, Watch, it'll take me ten minutes. It's great, have a seat. And Gato's like, Yeah, go Jay. You know, it's like adorable mm-hmm. but healy at the same time. <laughs> so well, it's really kind of fun to watch that. Yeah. And it, 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 he's like, uh, you know, he's, it's like his, his rustling dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, and it is like that. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's with, uh, like I said, with the promotion up here in New York with Upstate Pro that I did a lot of the backstage stuff for. 
is you get a lot of the the young boys there that uh you know get call so and so my wrestling dad or whatever just because you know you grow up with these guys you train them and all that stuff and that's a typical you know i like to see because you see like gato and um jay white and it's just man when he goes he just goes uh but who do you now that we're talking about the heels you did you you watched uh, aw last night right i did i did now what i think at this point chris jericho is far above the rest of the heels and i know you can direct your hate tweets at me that's fine (laughs) Um, but, and I, but I don't think I'm going to get any because I think a lot of people are going to agree with me. Chris Jericho is the best heel in the last, I'd say, go back five years. Just because when you see him, you, if you cheer him, he's so smart, wrestling smart, where he'll make you turn on him and you don't even know you're doing it. And last night was a yeah, yeah. typical re- uh, reason for that. He's beaten the blood out of, literally, Adam Page last night. And, yeah, I got the blood of Adam Page on my hands, and they're cheering him. And then he calls Jacksonville Jack off, Phil, and then they boo him. It's like, what the, how, how can you, you know, not secretly like, you know, a heel like that? That just blasphemy, but... Who do you, do you tend to agree with that with Jericho being the best? Not so much in the last five years, but currently. I think Jericho is a special human. He's one of my favorite. I think he's. I can, I have trouble saying my favorite wrestler mm-hmm. because I have a few, but like he's one of my favorite wrestlers. He's in my Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Maddox of <laughs> all time best wrestlers. This guy, there's nobody like Jericho. He reinvents himself at every turn. He goes away. He comes back as a different version of himself. That is super special. Mm -hmm. This version of Jericho is just kind of like the mean guy at the bar that just won't stop. (laughs) That's Jericho. He's looking to pick a fight with you. He wants to get under your skin. That's That's how I visualize this heel, you know? And then when you see him come out, he's like, everyone's cheering him. They're all chanting, thank you, Jericho. And he just gets up on the top rope and he flips off the entire audience. Oh, yeah. And then they start booing. And then they're cheering again. And then he gets them to boo. And then he goes, oh, you want to boo me, huh? Uh, And then he goes like crazy. He's just great at taunting. That's what he's great at. And he just like gets a rise out of people so very well. What I think is interesting is that you have somebody like Jericho who's one type of heel, and then you have MJF in the same company, another Mm -hmm. heel, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. And that's super cool to see that they have such strong heel work. They have Jericho, who's the legend. You have MJF, the heel, who is the up-and-comer. And then you have someone like Sean Spears, who is a heel, and totally silent. That dude doesn't talk very much. Mm-mm. And his heel work is all physical. You know, so it's interesting to see, because you could see that playing out last night. You know, MJF's running his mouth, as usual, doing his thing. Sean Spears annihilates people. That's his new thing. And then Jericho. It's so cool. And that's what I really love. But Jericho, definitely one of the best heels ever. 
the best Jericho is heel Jericho. <laughs> in oh, my no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, we're very f- uh, similar as far as our wrestling history. You know, growing up in the Attitude Era, where you see Jericho, you know, the long locks. I remember when I, I watched him. I saw his debut when he came in, and uh, I believe what '99 there with the whole uh, we're the Millennium kind of thing with Jericho, and. It just he is one of those guys, like you said, that comes back and reinvents him time and time again, and one of the best at doing it. You know, whether you know you see the guys like the Undertaker that are doing it now, and and have been doing it for so long. You know, granted, you know, comparing apples to oranges, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's you have such they have such great talent from top to bottom there in AEW. Uh-huh. Um, it's just it's just awesome to see. Um, and you know, I asked this to for you for your show on on um, for your show on Wednesday, but I don't know if you want to answer it, but I'll ask it anyways. Um, you, we see we see Cody Rhodes at the end of the show last night uh-huh. saying that you can't counter um, counter uh, book. I guess you could better use the terms or counter program AEW. Obviously taking a shot at WWE when they scheduled the Evolve last night on the WWE network. Do you obviously we know going forward you got extreme rules tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that that you know WWE schedules a pay-per-view the same night as AEW or New Japan, whatever the case may be, and not just with AEW. Do you think that, you know, that really matters? Do you think that you're going to see a lot of those numbers or the ratings go fluctuate that much? It's a tough thing. This is a tough question and a really good one. The more I think about it, you know, I think first and foremost, we have to take a step back as fans. Mm -hmm. And we have to look at things for what they are. This is a business. What's the smartest business move in order for you to make money or have more interaction or whatever it is your goal is as a business, you have to promote yourself. And the best way to do that is to counteract those who are direct competition for you. Now, I'm not saying that AEW is direct competition for WWE, Mm -hmm. but a show booked at the same time is competition, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm around and I'm a fan and I can go to all of these different shows. I'm going to pick one because I can't be in all places at the same time. Mm -hmm. When I'm watching at home, there are a lot of people who, God bless them, can watch two shows at once. I just don't have that attention span. I can't do that. (laughs) I have to like fully engulf myself in one show and then watch the next one because if I split attention, I'll miss something and I don't want to miss things. Mm -hmm. So shout out to the people who could do that. I admire you. I just can't. So I think... The pot shot at WWE, I, I don't know that I 100% agree here. My issue is they've had this, this is the 10th anniversary of Evolve. It's not something that they just threw together last minute. I think that the promotion, the hardcore promotion on Raw and SC Live and online ha- is more than any other Evolve show I've seen. I don't know if you feel that way too, but it's more than I've seen for the Evolve shows. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in your face. Now, business sense would say, well, of course they're going to promote it because AEW is having a show and it's very popular right now. So people, they're going to try to get you to tune in to evolve, right? Mm -hmm. 
did they do that because of AEW? I think so. Because they need to have that promotion in order to say, hey, we know you have other things on your plate, but you should be watching us instead. That's just smart business. That's just not, I, I don't understand that. So I had trouble when they came out and they were saying like, oh, they're doing it just to counter us. And they're trying to take away from a charity event. I mean, I don't know that I, I don't know if I can really say that's true or not. Yeah. Does it, it really make a lot of numbers difference? I don't know. I'd have to see how many people watched Fight for <clears throat> Fallen, how many people watched Evolve. Yeah. But I just don't understand that logic. Mm-hmm. So they've had this show on the books. So just because they're promoting it more hardcore for whatever reason, and I personally think the reason is because AEW is having that show, it makes sense. It just makes sense to me for them to do that. But just because of that, how does that take away from AEW show? Because you may get a few more viewers. I mean, is it really that big of a difference? That is the question, right? Mm-hmm. If it did pull a lot away, then okay, maybe you have a little more ground to stand on there. But did they do something? Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they do something outright that was like, you should be watching this instead of AEW or took a serious shot at them? Or mm-hmm. was there something I missed? Because I didn't see that. So yeah. I guess that's kind of where I'm falling. And, and I, you know, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that are like, oh, queen, you're not really picking a side and blah, blah. I don't need to pick a side. Yeah. You know, I support both things. Right now, WWE is less on my radar because I'm not happy with their programming. That doesn't mean I want them to fail. Mm-hmm. I really like AEW, but there's some things wrong with it that I personally think they need to fix. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could be a fan of both and, and not shit on everything. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, like I said, I, I chose to watch, like I said before, previously, I chose to watch the AEW last night, and I didn't see anything, I didn't hear of anything anyways, I should say, of, you know, WWE Evolve, whatever you, that that show, saying that you need to watch this instead of that. I don't think that business-wise they would really do that, like, name-wise, you know, mm-hmm. sudden hints here and there, yeah, I get that, everybody does that. Sure. Unlike, you know, you go over to AEW, and that's one of the things that I don't like, and, and I'm sure, you know, you can elaborate on your side too, but that's the thing that I've don't, I don't like from AEW, where they constantly take those little jabs at WWE without saying their names. Everybody knows that other promotion. They're not, trust me, they're not talking about Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor can't handle hand a candle to much of anything nowadays. But that's a conversation for another time. But <laughs> True. Um, that's the one thing that I don't care for. I'm not going to say I hate it because hate's a very strong word, but I don't care for them to do that because I don't care about that. You know what I mean? I'm watching right. AEW. And I'm sure, you know, along the same lines you are, I'm watching it for the wrestling. I'm watching it for the action. I don't care that Cody comes out and uses a sledgehammer to take out a throne of of Triple H, you know. And yes, you're gonna see a lot of the naysayers out there when that happened. That oh, that's not his throne. That's his. It's not Triple H's throne. It's the throne of Cody Rhodes because he's the higher up in the company. Bullshit. Yeah, lies. That's completely lies. And Cody can smile and shake his head as much as he wants. And don't get me wrong. I love Cody. I've liked him since day one, since when he was in WWE. But you can't. I don't. I, that's not my cup of tea. It didn't work for WCW. And I don't think it's going to work for AEW. Uh, yeah. Let the talent in the ring, let the talent on their microphone, the guys like MJF, 
the guys like Sean Spears, the guys like Chris Jericho. Let that, those types of heels, and obviously on the other side, a lot of the faces out there, let that speak for themselves. Don't take those little jabs. But is that, you know, kind of along the same lines that, you know, you know, the thing, the little things in AAW that you don't care for? Yeah, listen, I understand that you're new, you're young, so to speak, as a company, up and coming, you want to make a name for yourself. That's cool. I got no problem with you making a statement. But does it need to be a repeated statement? I don't think so. AEW, to me, is a viable alternative to WWE. Do they pose some sort of threat? Yes, I think so. Is it going to be in direct competition? Not yet. So when I see things like that, the first when I saw the throne thing, I'm like, really, Cody? Are we five? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? This is this is like temper tantrum stuff. I don't like that. But then I'm like, all right, well, he wants to make a statement that they're coming, coming for the throne of wrestling. Did that mean tomorrow? No, maybe eventually. Okay, mm-hmm. I can let that go. But now we're continuing to get things where he's talking crap about Bailey because he's comparing her to Kylie Ray and like they actually have a nice person or something like that, whatever he said. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you know, t- taking shots at WWE. And then Kenny, I was hoping he wasn't going to get involved, but he got involved. He sent out that tweet and then deleted it because mm-hmm. of all the negativity. And then you know, last night it was a really nice pay per view. I thought there were some problems mm-hmm. for sure, but it was a better than Fighter Fest. I thought. And as on the road to All Out, I'm like, oh, great. They're going to present this check. This is wonderful. I'm so excited. This is a great thing that they're doing. And then he comes out and he says, you can't counter us. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Mm -hmm. Come on, dude. Just put on your pay-per-view and leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Unless they're doing something that you really have to respond to. You exactly right, RJ, when you Mm -hmm. said, let the wrestling, let the programming speak for itself. Mm-hmm. The people will come. If it's good, the people will come. Do you see how many people are already here? Mm-hmm. All out, sold out in four minutes. Yeah. You have something here. Mm-hmm. We as fans want this. We, in a sense, need this. Because I feel like it's kicked a lot of people in the pants. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Because then we all win. Right? Fans of every promotion are going to win if everybody steps up their game. So I'm happy about that. But if you're going to continue to this kind of like, oh, they're coming after us, so we're going to come after that. I mean, come on. Stop. Yeah. I understand that you're going to be on TV in the fall. And in a way, you know, you're you're one of the weekly programs of wrestling on TV now, which is cool. It's going to be fun. Just let it be. Like, just let your company do the talking with the programming that you're going to give us. And then, you know, should you need to do something in the future, then do that. But right now, I feel like it's not the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of, like you mentioned, Cody says that thing. I'm like, oh, click. I turned it off. You lost me. That's, and that, unfortunately, the way that social media is now, they're all going to harp on that. And you you know yep. the fans out there, the trolls out there, they're going to hit on that. and you know, that's the only thing they're going to take away from the pay-per-view, that that's what happened. And that's that's wrong. And that's sad. Exactly. And and I'm like, now you're seeing the Young Bucks get into it. And I'm like, oh, come on, guys. You know, I'm like, you guys don't, you said you guys don't, you guys aren't going to be like WCW and this and that. I'm like, but that's exactly what they did. And 
you're not seeing like I'll go back. You're not seeing the likes of New Japan saying, you know, you know, you know, calling out the WWE or AEW or this or that. They're like they're making, they're letting the action in the ring talk for itself, um, and it's and that's the way it should be. Uh, you know, do we think that? AEW at this point needs something like what New Japan has done with and currently in the past whatever with Ring of Honor have some sort of promotion that can help them help each other if that makes sense uh you know obviously we know Ring of Honor is and the New Japan relationship is kind of fractured do you mm. think what do you think, and if so, if you do, what promotion do you think AEW can go out and say, hey, let's cross-promote each other. Let's, you know, whether it be like a Defy or whether it be, um, you know, anything from overseas, whether it be something from the UK or whatnot. What, do you think that that's possible that, or even a good idea for that to happen? Yeah, I think relationships are, are always a positive thing. Especially if they're going to be having pay-per-views in the UK, which they have said that they're going to, which I think is wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think that working with some of the wrestling promotions over there would be super fun. It's a way for talent to interact and kind of cross-pollinate. And then there's just more things that we get to see. You know, a, a lot of the time I feel like, in, you know, looking at WWE and as, as podcasters and, and fans of wrestling, we're like, oh, wouldn't this dream match be fun? It's never going to happen, but wouldn't it be fun if... Right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be cool if that doesn't really happen in WWE? We do, we have Evolve and NXT. They've allowed them to go over to like progress and stuff, but it's not it's not quite the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think eventually down the line, it would be interesting to see AEW and New Japan partner up. I think right now, I think there's a little bit of. Mm, I don't want to say issues, but I want to say, you know, they left. Kenny and the Bucks left and, you know, Nick came out and said some things. So I'm kind of wondering if that's just kind of like they need to leave that alone for a little bit and mm -hmm. kind of like come back to the negotiating table later. Um, but it's clear that they are in some way working together because Chris Jericho and Moxley are allowed to wrestle in New Japan. And I'm not so sure that Kenny isn't either. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I think eventually down the road a partnership would be would be great, and especially for New Japan, I don't I don't think Ring of Honor is it mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. for them, um, and I don't necessarily think that they need Ring of Honor in order to do their globalization plan and entering into the U.S. and other countries. So, yeah, yeah I think partnerships are always a good thing. Yeah, because like I said, with Ring of Honor, they've missed the boat on so many talents. Uh, one being mm. Jeff Cobb. If why they did not strap the rocket to him and make him the man, and it's nothing against the likes of Matt Taven or Jay Lethal or whatever. That's that's not the point. But Jeff Cobb is in a, a whole different category on his own. Um, and mm -hmm. just like I said, going back and watching his match the other day with uh, Ishii. It's just like, holy hell. And that's with a guy that is his same weight class. You, But he's doing this with everybody. He's doing it with Osprey. He's doing right. it with White. He's doing it. He's done it with so many other guys. And it's just like, 
Ring of Honor just missed the boat on so much. And I don't really think New Japan really needs anybody else to be over. Because they, you know, time and time again have... They've put a, put up with a lot of crap with Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. The likes of mm-hmm. Enzo and Cass being one. And I think that was the last straw, as we uh, talked about before. But it's just... <sighs> They don't need. They have that footprint. They've planted the seed here in the states, whether it be Dallas this year or the, I believe it was the Cow Palace last year. They don't need help. They are in a class of their own, and it's great to see mm-hmm. that because that's that great alternative to, you know, it's the alternative to WWE, then it's the alternative to AEW, and so on and so forth. But uh, it's just, it's just absolutely phenomenal to watch. But Lastly, before we get to our special segment that we have for the show today, <laughs> you know, comparing it, I hate to compare certain eras of wrestling because, you, you know, you can't really, like, compare, you know, the Attitude Era to this era because it's apples and oranges. But as much, as easy as it can be, do you think that this current crop of wrestling as a whole, um, can really hold a candle to the likes of the Attitude Era, the Monday Night War Era, Ruth Legression, whatever. Um, do you think, because there's just so much out there now, you know, do you think that it can get to that point again of the Attitude Era? You know, it's very interesting. This is a, a fun topic to discuss because... Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to say is I feel like in 2019, and I've said this countless times, and I'll keep saying it because it's true, <laughs> what mm-hmm. a time to be a wrestling fan. There's never so many options, at least in my fandom, as right now. You know, watching in the Attitude Area era, I had WWF, WWE, and like TNA, mm-hmm. kind of. <laughs> yeah. So... But what other things that I have available to to watch other than going to a show, you know, an indie show myself? The internet wasn't a thing. So children, for those of you listening who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we had dial-up internet back then, <laughs> which means it blocked your house phone lines. I'm sure you don't know what that is either. But the house phone line, Google it. <laughs> Google it. And it had the most annoying uh, sound in the planet, and I'll never get it out of my brain. Yeah. But you know, we didn't have we didn't have streaming options. It just wasn't. We couldn't like go to NewJapanWorld.com and watch the G1, which I'm going to do a little later. You yeah. know, I, yeah. that's not a thing we could do. So during the Attitude Era, it was such a an almost microcosm because that's that's what we had, and we were really invested, really invested fans. As time passes, technology is improving. We have the ability to see so many different promotions all over the world. That, I think, has not only brought in globally and literally brought in globally, but for us as fans, it's kind of widened the lens to what else is out there. Mm -hmm. And I think now the wrestling talent is so diverse and so progressive and so different than the Attitude Era that it's really hard to compare them. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talked last time, I said it's kind of like, you know, an apple and a zucchini. Mm-hmm. They're still, you know, a fruit and a vegetable, and they're kind of in the same family, but not really. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they taste totally different. They have totally different nutrients. And one's a vegetable, one's a fruit. You know, so it's like you can't even make it apples to oranges because it's not even that. Yeah. It's so different than it was. And then another thing I have to think about is, you know, I'm, I'm 32 now. A person, um, you know, back then, I mean, when I was back then watching the editor, I was much younger. So a kid now growing up with Becky as their champion, Seth Rollins as their as their champion, their favorite tag team might be the Usos or the Revival. And thinking and trying to put my brain into that perspective, that's what they know. So for them, it might be as amazing as it was for us in the Attitude Era, whereas we're looking at it now going, please. Mm-hmm. You should have seen what it was like when Stone Cold was wrestling and mm-hmm. Bret Hart. You know, mm-hmm. we could have gone on for hours on that topic by itself. Yeah. So it's kind of like perspective. And that's, I think, what's really cool about about doing what we do mm-hmm. is we can take a step back and go, dang, like, that's so interesting to think about, like, what it must be like for a fan now, a younger fan now going to the WWE shows, totally enthralled with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're like, eh? sometimes you know so it's it's definitely very interesting do i think it can get to that same level i think it already is in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. yeah because it's funny i don't know you know if you ever were a subscriber of like the likes of like a pro wrestling torch or wrestling observer what have you back in the back in the early infancy of those those news sheets dirt sheets whatever you want to call them but when you wanted to, you know, get those results, get that news, you literally had to leave your house to go to, <laughs> yes. to the library or to whatever, or go to the computer at your own house and dial up. Yes, I said dial up. We said go Google it if you don't understand. Uh, and then and, and actually print them out. You didn't have a smartphone. You didn't have an iPhone. You didn't have an Android. You didn't have this. You didn't have an iPad or a computer that you could, you know, one touch of something and you could have the results right there. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, I think a lot of, and, and this is going to make me sound like an old, old wrestling mark and an old man, but <laughs> the current crop, I guess you could say, of wrestling fans that are, we'll say, for argument purposes, we'll say 26 and under are spoiled. Because they can go to Twitter, they can go to Facebook, they can go to Instagram, they can go wherever and get the results like that or get news like that. Where before, like you and I, you actually had to like work for it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. Well, we didn't have supercomputers in our hands. Exactly. You, know? you actually had to <laughs> you, you had to wait for the WWF magazine to come out or something yes, or come in the mail that's so because true. and it's like in. For me, anyways, it was – I knew exactly what day, what time of the month it was going to come. And when I got home from school, I literally ran to the mailbox to actually get the copy of it and just sit there and read it and look at the pictures and did that. And it's just – you don't get that now, you know what I mean, because, you know, everything's online. So – and I don't think – you know, and, and then and that, that won't change, you know what I mean? And, you know, times have changed. I get that, but, you know – Am I sounding like an old man? Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll leave it at that. But, you know, trying to, you know, transition over to, you know, I've, I've been trying to get a different segment for each and every one of our guests that I've had on the show. And I proposed it to you of having a, a, a sort of a ranking system of our favorite 
ring entrance music of all time. And I know this is near and dear to your heart. It's near and dear to my heart because I have pretty much this exact playlist on my Spotify playlist right now as we speak. <laughs> so I can, when I go over to my in-laws this afternoon for dinner, before I, I told my wife, I said, if your mom wants me and Gavin to come over for dinner tonight, I have to. we have to have it at 4 o'clock because I have to be home by 7 to watch a pay-per-view. She's like, oh, yeah. That's she, right. My, my, my wife, and I'm sure your husband, is along the same lines. Okay, whatever you want, fine, just go. Okay. <laughs> but I love that. With, I love with that, that being said, this list is going to be blaring for that half-hour drive between my front door and their front door. And my son is an absolute fan of it. So I'm like, as long as one song plays, he doesn't care. Um, I love that. That's awesome. But with that being said, what we'll go, you can go from one to 10, 10 to one, whatever way you want to do it. What is the queen from the NE's power rankings top 10 of wrestling themes of all time? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. I do want to give an honorable mention for one right now that I think is super awesome, and that's Alistair Black. Okay. That song is so hard-hitting. I'm in love with it. I listen to it all the time. It hypes me up at the gym. So that's a right now pick. But the top ten of all time, I'll go backwards ten to one. Okay. Chris Jericho, Break Down the Walls, Iconic. It has to be on my list because I love Chris Jericho, but also just the 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 way that it starts and you know everyone says break down the wall, you know just like everyone's involved in it, so that has to be on the list. Number nine, Shinsuke Nakamura's subconscious theme, which is from New Japan, not his current one. Those current one is good. I like the rapping less. He added that rapping a while back. I don't really like that as much. But uh, his subconscious theme from New Japan, if you haven't heard that before, please do. It is so cool. Mm -hmm. Like, when you see Shinsuke Nakamura, this is the song he should be coming out to. <laughs> it just fits <laughs> so well. Um, number eight, Randy Orton's Voices in My Head. Love that. It was one of my favorite live band performances, too, when they came out and, and played it for him to come out. Ugh. Excellent song. Also iconic. Fits his personality so well. Mm. It just, it all gels with his character, which is why it's on my list. Number seven, Johnny Gargano's theme music. Also fits him perfectly. It's kind of video game-y, but not at the same time. It, it's kind of perfect for him. It's a banger to listen to. It's upbeat and fun. A lot of my theme music's on here are kind of dark, so I had to throw in a happy one <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> What can I say? Number six, Goto from New Japan. His theme song is unbelievable. It's kind of like an epic opera meets heavy metal banger. It's amazing. If you haven't heard it before, do me a favor. Get it on YouTube. Put it in your car. Roll down all of your windows. Put on a pair of your favorite sunglasses and drive a straight road for a little while. You will feel like a total badass. I <laughs> Number five. Naito's theme song, his current theme song, almost is my ringtone, but G.O.D. kind of beat that out. Yeah. Um, that's also a right now pick, by the way, honorable mention G.O.D.'s new theme song. It's oh, amazing. there you go. There you go. 
but uh, that's not of all time, but it's it's a good one right now. Um, but yeah, Naito's theme music is perfect for him. It's fun, but heelish at the same time. It's really enjoyable. Listen, that had to make my top five right away. Mm-hmm. And the rest of these are not going to be a surprise to anyone that knows me. And if you don't know me, you're going to get to know me right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> number four, the game, Triple H, Motorhead. It doesn't get more iconic, uh, Motorhead and Lemmy, than that uh, in terms of wrestling. So this this theme song has a special place in my heart. I really like Triple H a lot. And uh, just hearing him come out to that, and you know, you hear it and you just get like the goosebumps and the laugh. And oh, yeah, it's so good. Number three is Metalingus by Alter Bridge for Edge. Edge was one of the people in the kind of weird phase of WWE that I don't I don't really like that phase, but I really liked him. <laughs> so yeah. that theme song uh, when that kind of came out was oh, so badass and the just slow, quiet. You think you know me is so iconic in terms of wrestling theme music. I don't know how you don't like this song. Number two. Cult of Personality by Living Color for CM Punk. Again, one of the most iconic wrestling songs. You know exactly who it is when you hear it playing. You lose your mind for it. It's an awesome song also to listen to in the car. Super fun, entertaining, and works perfectly for CM Punk. Mm -hmm. But to no one's surprised, my number one, Best wrestling entrance music of all time is Glass Shatters by Disturbed for my favorite, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You hear that glass, you know exactly what's about to go down. And it's going to be carnage and misery and it's going to be amazing and lots of beer. So you gotta, you gotta love it. And for me, there's, there was no other number one. It was the first one I wrote down. I had no problem. (laughs) So that's it. That's my power rankings. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that, and, you know, great minds think alike, Queen, and I know, you know, <laughs> you know, great minds do think alike, but we'll get to that after when I get to my number one. Um, you know, a couple honorable mentions for my on my end. I'm probably going to get a lot, lot of hate tweets for this, but to – you mentioned a banger of a theme. You got to listen to the Batista theme. I walk alone if you don't – get up and actually do that little thing that he does with the fireworks. <laughs> yeah. My my wife thinks I'm an absolute lunatic when I <laughs> when I listen to that because I do it every single time. Even if I'm driving, I have to pull over and do it. Sometimes I don't even pull over, but still. Um I will mention I you know, there's so many other th- songs I couldn't get Batista on this. Um but the other one, no, another honorable mention that you had was god but i'm gonna do their original theme the rap theme and it's just i compare that to the uh if you ever watched this tv series sopranos along along those same lines of that low thumping music where you don't know you turn a corner you don't know what's gonna happen you're gonna get punched in the mouth Uh, and that and that's a type of uh, type of type of music that they had the original ones. I'm digging their current ones too, as you as well as you have. But uh, mm-hmm. my number ten, I hate do putting these two guys at the bottom, but they're in the top ten regardless. Uh, first number ten is Edge, 
one of the first guys, one of the guys that I've seen since day one, some from beginning when he debuted in 96 to now or to his retirement, excuse me. Um, it's just, you think you know me and it's just bam. And it's just one of those things where you go from one side to the other and you do the whole thing that he does. And it's just, you're, you know, you're back into the attitude era again. Number nine, Chris Jericho break the walls down and you pop every time you get the goosebumps, you know, you get the hair on the back of your neck standing up. That's what, (laughs) you know, that's why we're doing this. That's, you know, you're getting goosebumps now because you're thinking of it. You bring him back to that day where you saw him for the first time. Number eight is a current, or excuse me, not a current product, but um, a past product was the theme from the Four Horsemen. You get the horses, you get the hooves going. You know, that's, it's very subtle, but you get the horses going, (laughs) the worst horse uh, probably you're going to ever hear, but um, that just, it gets you going. It gets you the goosebump effect that I mentioned before. Uh, mm-hmm. number seven, undisputed era. You get, you get pumped up when you listen to it. You get the whole, you're Adam Cole. You're doing the boom with a thumb wherever you are. You make sure that the, your hand is on the steering wheel when you do it, but <laughs> you get that boom. You wait for it. You got to listen to it a couple times and everybody's like, okay, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And then you miss like, ah, I missed it. So then you got to rewind it and you got to do it again. So you go boom, simple and to the point. I tried getting this next one up as far as I could, but I couldn't. It's my number six. I wanted to get it in the top five. I just couldn't. Is Alistair Black. It is my son's mm. favorite theme song. It is one of mine. It's my ringtone. And it just, when you're in the gym, when you're in that type of mood to get pumped up for something, you listen to Alistair Black without a doubt. <clears throat> Excuse me. My top five. You know, with these, you can't go wrong with any of these. My number five is Randy Orton voices. As you mentioned before, I don't have to elaborate anymore. It's just something fits the personality of the wrestler, fits the personality of the time of his wrestling ability as well. So uh. my number four, I had to put this on, you know, I had to get a couple WCW in here. I listened to WC, I watched WCW growing up a little bit is the NWO black and white theme. It was ahead of its time Ooh. then. And any, any time it plays now, I'm sure Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash are making tons of money off of it. So more power to them. <laughs> My top three, without without question, is you know you can't you can't argue with this. And if you do, then okay, that's fine. You can you can, you can hate tweet me any anytime you want. Oh, um, no. <laughs> and not you specifically, but in general. Um, I- <laughs> but you know, I'm, we're not gonna get. I'm not gonna get any detail with this because we already discussed these three guys. Uh, number three, Triple H. Um, time played a game. Whatever and whatever more of the Motorhead version of anything, just because you, you know you're gonna hear Motorhead and it's a phenomenal time. Uh, yep. 
Number two, The Undertaker. You hear that gong, you know you know something's going to go down. Somebody's going to get beat up, and you know it's not going to be pretty. Um, by far, you know, goosebump worthy whenever you hear that music. You have to hear it live. You have to see it live to completely understand where, you know, myself and I'm sure you, Queen, have seen it live. You can't understand the magnitude of it until you see it live. Absolutely. Um, and the personification of seeing it live, understanding it live, Stone Cold Steve Austin, You, like you said, you hear the glass shatter. You know somebody's going to get punched in the face, whether it be a shooter or work. <laughs> you know beer is going to be drank. And you know somebody's not going to be walking out on their feet. So um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, best, you know, you know, best of all time. And, you know, that is my top 10 power rankings. You know, if anybody out there that has, you know, wants to, you know, add to that, feel free to hit us up, you know, on Twitter, you know, the handles. If not, we'll give them to you later. But with that being said, Queen, I thank you so very much for doing this yet again after my <laughs> uh, my rookie-like uh, version of, oh, crap, where the heck is the damn, where the hell is the damn file? Um, oh, no. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. And on top of that, I sounded like I'm still a little, I'm still coughing now, but I'm feeling a heck of a lot better than I was before. Um, you know, Dayqu- NyQuil is a hell of a drug. For those of you that don't understand that, you soon <laughs> will. Um, but take the last few moments. You know, you got a show coming up as we're, you know, as this releases, you have a show coming out tomorrow on Brain Buster Radio. You have DYWTSB. Uh, promote all that good stuff, ways people can get a hold of, you, hold of you as well as them. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was such a fun time chatting with you, as always. Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter, at the Queen of Any. I have my show, Queen's Court, every single Wednesday on Brain Buster Radio. This week's show is a super fun one. I'm talking the G1 Climax with Mike Baker. I'm talking Extreme Rules and some fantasy booking with Spees from Spees and Benchmark Show. And I have a special bonus Queenie Chats episode with the Queen of Queens, Visage, British British wrestler, excuse me, tongue-tied there and um he is one half of the defiant tech team champions so very excited for that to come out and then of course i'm on dywtsb with pops and mort every single friday if you're into wwe and hey we're pushing outside the box for other promotions too and we are uh, a ranting, banter-filled, lots of fun show that comes out every mm-hmm. single Friday. So mm-hmm. catch me on that. Catch me on my show, but don't catch me outside. <laughs> you, you try... I don't want to fight today. <laughs> no, and you know, if it's one person that you don't want to make an enemy out of, it's the queen of the N.E. That is for damn sure. <laughs> queen, oh. in, if for, you know, I am so thrilled that, you know, the Brain Buster Radio Network is doing so well because, like I mentioned before, you know, not to blow smoke up anybody's tail, <laughs> you know, now, you know, make anybody's <laughs> ego bigger than it is, whatever the case may be, you know, from 
Monday to Sunday, or Sunday, whatever whatever way you want to do your week, Sunday to Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday, whatever, the lineup that you guys have just on audio alone is absolutely phenomenal. Um, the Twitch channel that you have, you know, the YouTubes that, you know, the likes of, you know, Luke does or Wilf does or whatever. Absolutely phenomenal. If you're not subscribing to the Queen or the Queen's Court, you're not subscribing to DYWTSB, and you're not subscribing to Brainbuster Radio. I don't know what the hell you're doing. You do that right now. Make sure that you give these guys a listen across the board, and especially the Queen of the NE. Queen, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, hope to have you on again soon. Hopefully not because I deleted the um, audio by mistake or forgot to push play or whatever, but hopefully it would be under good circumstances. (laughs) Yes, I would be happy to talk with you anytime. No worries. I had so much fun. Thank you.